Hello, I'm Mark Sanderson, an occasional writer and Southampton fan, who's here to bring you an interview with a former Saints player, although he's probably better known for playing for another club. The flag is up for offside against Brazil, and it's which win the UEFA Cup on an aggregate of five goals to four. He's also a fully-fledged movie star. I don't want to go. Well, yeah, Let's go back. We can win this. Who said that? I did. Now, of course, that was a clip from the 1981 film Escape to Victory with Michael Caine talking, along with, of course, our guest, former Ipswich, Leicester, Southampton, Bristol City and England centre-back Russell Osman. Uh, Russell was an integral part of Chris Nichols' Saints side between 1988 and 1991. Just before we begin, I'd like to say that I did speak to Russell over the phone, so there is a bit of an analogue vibe to our conversation. A bit like the old days, watching football on TV. More about Pele later on. But I started the conversation asking Russell what it was like playing against Saints at the Dell. I mean, one of the, one of the best games I remember down at um at the Dell you know and the Dell was quite iconic as a as a football ground wasn't it you know where it was based and everything and now uh it was when I was still playing at Leicester and I think it was when Matt Letizia scored three on scored three on his debut against us and it was snow rain freezing cold the worst day ever to play football in. Yes. Yeah, I didn't realise you were playing for Leicester in that game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm afraid so. I think Matt went past me about three times on one goal. Another cross from Danny Wallace and Letizia set off to take on the entire Leicester defence single-handed. Well, as they say, fortune favours the brave. And although Andrews parried the first shot, Letizia wouldn't be denied. A memorable goal and a fine hat-trick for the man who'd begun the afternoon as a mere stand-in for the Saints striker Colin Clark. It was always a challenge playing at the Dell as a part of a visiting team because wherever you looked, you were surrounded by Southampton supporters. You know, you come out in the corner into that um, into the atmosphere, and all you can see is red and white everywhere. And it's very hard to spot your own supporters in that stadium. Not that we ever had many travel down to the south coast then. Um, but we had some great games against Southampton and then likewise playing Southampton against, you know, the clubs I've been at previously. Were you able to in- turn that to your advantage when you were playing there as, as the home side? Did you enjoy it more? Yeah, I think I think a lot of people didn't like coming to the Dell. You know, they, it was a terrific playing surface and it was just that intimidating atmosphere. You know, the crowd were right on top of you. You know, you took two steps off the pitch and you were you were in the second row of the supporters, weren't you? Yeah. You know, and they used to say, well, all the um, all the dockers were in one corner and, you know, you, you'd be up there taking the throw in or a corner and you'd get dogs abused from the Southampton supporters if you were one of the, the visiting team. And, but that was, that was how it was those days. It was very vocal and the crowd was on top of you. How do you remember your time of Saints? I had a great time at Southampton. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed uh, being at the club. The people were fantastic. Um, great bunch of players. You know, real quality outfit of, of players going from 
John Burge in goal, Tim Flowers, uh, Joe Forrest drive back, Derek Statham, uh, Mark Dennis just moved on. You know, the late uh, Kevin Moore was brilliant. Uh, Neil Ruddock came down, played centre-half uh, alongside me there. Jimmy, Jimmy Case, Glenn Cockle, midfield. Um, I think in the early days, we had Malatis on one wing, uh, Rodney Wallace on the other wing, Danny Wallace through the middle. Uh, Raymond Wallace playing at right back sometimes. Um, Colin Clark, Northern Ireland International, Paul Rideout. So the names uh, just roll off the, the tip of your tongue, really. You know, and all very, very good players. I remember it well. I'm just think, imagining what it w- was like in training, and I imagine you must have of Mark Allen Shearer in training games occasionally. Yeah, um, he was good fun. He was. I was still learning his, his trade in those days, you know, and um, I remember giving him a what I thought was a, a bit of sound advice one day at half-time when I thought he hadn't really gone in hard enough on a goalkeeper, you know, thinking that if he made his presence felt a little bit more then, and it was standing in good stead, and second half, I think it was against uh, Sunderland, he, he went went into the Sunderland goalkeeper, blimey, or Riley, nearly split him in two and um, I think from then on he uh, I think he appreciated the fact that he was going to get kicked about often enough so he ought to um, make sure that he could look after himself which he he certainly did do Well it's interesting you say that Russell because Saints at that time had a lovely blend of, of youngsters and more experienced players and you would have been in one of the more experienced players Play, playing alongside someone like Neil Ruddock when you were sort yeah. of back pairing, what, what was that like? Uh, fun. <laughs> a night out was even more fun with him. But, uh, <laughs> but he was uh, he was a good player, Neil. A very good player. You don't you don't go and play Southampton and uh, uh, Tottenham and Liverpool. You know if you're not a decent player. You know, and I know he went on to other clubs as well, West Ham. And he was uh, he got a lovely left foot. He was powerful. He was strong. Um, Better on the ball than a lot of people gave him credit for, uh, you know. And it was it was a powerhouse, you know. And it, it's nice to play with players that have got a bit of personality off the pitch as well. A couple of games there was Tim Flowers and goal. You had Jason Dodd, Francis Benali as fullbacks, and then you and Neil Ruddock centre yeah. half. So you're really the only one with any experience. Would you be calling the line, telling people when to get up, or would Neil perhaps have his own take on things? Um. I think it is the as the most senior in the back four there, you you know, you try and talk to the rest of the back four all the way through the game. But you would you would expect the full back on the opposite side of where the play is really to control the back four line, how high we go when we drop. Um so it's very important that people like Fanny Benali and Jason Dodd learn to uh communicate across the whole of the back four is um you know, as much as possible. You know, there are young young lads coming through and, uh, you know, great players. And, you know, Jason's gone on to do uh, very good things as a coach as well. And Fran is Fran, isn't he? You know, can't stop him running at the moment or cycling or, you know, great lad. I wanted to talk about maybe some of your goals for Saints because you've got a few decent goals. I'm just wondering, in a team with people who could strike the ball like Matt Letizier, Glenn Cockrell, Jimmy Case could strike it well, so could Barry Horn. How on earth did you get near a free kick? Because you scored a decent one against um, Everton. 
And it's Osman. Oh, yes, it worked absolutely perfectly. Straight from the training ground, produced in the first division, and Everton had no answer, not even Southall. Yep. I scored a, a few crackers in me in me time from, from set pieces and um, for anybody to be able to get on the ball as a free kick in front of Jimmy Case and Matt Letizia, I think really <laughs> it must have been blackmail or something. Um, I think Jimmy could smash the ball harder than, than most. Uh, Matt had got such an array of free kicks it's finding. But I think Sometimes the free kick might be a little bit too close to the 18-yard box, so you need a, you need a, an option. And I was always on them at, uh, at Ipswich as well. And yep. you know, up, you know, my favourite was just roll it to the side of the wall, um, or somebody roll it to the side of the wall for me to come in and smash it. And as soon as you move it to the side of the wall, it it, it takes the use of that wall out of play. It cannot then protect the side of the goal that it was protecting. And then provided I just kept the shot on target and got a good chance of going in. Um, I got a couple a couple of goals for Southampton uh, against Everton. One was yep. a free kick. You know, and the goalkeeper in those days wasn't bad. Someone called Neville Southall. Yes. Uh, so to stick a couple past uh, Neville any time is uh, quite an achievement. The beauty of that was the, the first goal. I, I had a... Ten pound bet on myself. I think we could. We were allowed to bet ourselves in those days uh, to get the first goal. Yeah. And then I think I was 33 to one. So while all the lads were jumping on me saying what a great goal it was, I was spent 330 quid. It just just about doubled my wages for the for the week. I mean, you left Saints. What happened? What happened there? Why did you leave? I left because um, Ian Bramford didn't think I was a good enough player for Southampton. As simple as that. He just wasn't thinking. Um, um, he wanted me to play at fullback. Uh, by that time, it was in 1990, so I played 13, 14 years as a centre half in, you know, what's uh, the equivalent of the Premier League. Uh, and all this manager comes in and says, you know, um, I want you to play full-back. You've got two good feet. I want you to hit the ball down the line to the corner flag, preferably playing at left-back, so use your right foot, get it curling away from the 18-yard box towards the corner flag. Don't ever pass to a centre-half and don't ever pass into um, a central midfield player. So I thought, well, that's not quite the, the same sort of way of playing that I was brought up to believe in. And that was really um, the, the breakup, wasn't it, Russell, of, of Chris Nichols' team? Um, yeah. A lot of players started to leave after that. Yeah, yeah. They did, you know. And um, I also think one or two that stayed um, went into the doldrums there a bit. You know, I don't think Matt Letizia enjoyed his time under Ian Bramford. Um, it was um, a very uncomfortable. Uh, part of my career really because um, you know moving away from Southampton um, it, w it wasn't easy 
I then asked Russell what life was like under former Ipswich and England manager Bobby Robson. I remember at school playing football and I, I liked to have my shirt untucked and the referee telling me, tuck your shirt in. But I remember you, I don't think you ever had your shirt, shirt tucked in, sleeves rolled up, maybe a bit of a longer hair at the back. Was that how you felt comfortable playing, relaxed? Yeah, as a, as a kid, one of my idols was Dennis Law. Dennis Law, Georgie Best, you know, shirt out, long hair. Um, sometimes sleeves down, open up the hands and stuff like that. And, and that's how I grew up as a kid playing, you know. And I remember being at Ipswich all the time. And, you know, Bobby Robson would say to me just about every game going out down the tunnel, he would say, tuck your shirt in. I took my shirt in. As soon as I stepped on the pitch, you pull it out and that's it. And that's how, that's how I was comfortable. And that's, you know, that's just how, you know, you get the feeling you know, if you're comfortable in what you what you're wearing, how you look, I suppose you're halfway there. I remember coming out of the um, the shower room you know, or, the, or the bathroom out of the changing rooms, and you come through the door, and uh, Bobby was walking in. It, you know, he said, you, you know, I hope you wash your hands, son. Don't forget to wash your hands. You know, and you think, what do you mean wash my hands? Of course, I've washed my bloody hands. But you know, he was one of those people. You know, it was how. He was brought up, and that's how he wanted uh, the young players under his charge to be brought up. You know, good, good standards. He once spoke to me um, prior to the game at uh, Manchester Manchester City uh, at Main Road, and we were talking about something in the changing room before the game. And he said to me, "Have you ever seen Bobby Moore?" Break sweat when he plays football, and I thought, well, no, not really. Apart from against Brazil, you know, in Mexico in the World Cup, you know, when it was that hot, you broke sweat. But I said, no. And Bobby said, well, that's because Bobby Moore plays with his brains. You know, he said, you still like to make last-ditch tackles, like to get in a bit of a scrap with people and challenge people and. You know, make, um, he said, if you played with your brains more, he said, you won't break sweat. Well, we played that game that day against Manchester City, and they had a good side, and I think we won 2 0. And coming down the tunnel after the game, uh, Bobby came over to me and he said, now that son is the way to play centre half. And I said to him, boss, I haven't touched the ball. I've not made a tackle. I've done nothing for 90 minutes. He said precisely. He said you haven't had to. You've been in the right place at the right time. You've made interceptions rather than tackles. You've read situations. You've been in the right place. So the opposition haven't played the ball into that area because you were already there. He said you could, you could play the game till you're 40 years old if you play like that. Well, that's, that's a lovely story. It's a nice story. That is a lovely story. But I just thought it was a boring, boring way to play football. <laughs> I, I can't end the conversation without quickly mentioning you being a, a movie star. I mean, when I talk, when I talk to... I mean, still, you know, I'm nearly 40 now, but still, if it's on, I'll get a text from a friend, I'll escape to victories on. And people... How many times do you get quoted the lines if you're walking out or... You must happen all the time. Um, well, when it's, when it's recently been on the TV, I used to get quite a few... 
messages down the phone and you do get one or two people that you bump into that remind you that it's just been on or it's going to be on or, you know, is it going to be on at Christmas? I'm actually doing, uh, Bristol have got a, a showing of Escape to Victory on the 14th of June at, um, at Clifton College. Um, okay. For the, yeah, for the Bristol Film Festival. So, Fantastic. It just ties in nicely with the start of the World Cup, you know, on the 14th. Yeah, it's the same so, day, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, cause you yeah, had, you've got to do a little bit there. You, you know, a lot of players, and it's well documented that John Walk's lines were dubbed over, but you had quite a, a, some pivotal lines in the half-time scene. How did you, did, were you given them because you auditioned well? How did you get those that, that particular part? Um, no idea. We didn't audition. I mean, as far as we knew, um, we were just going out there to play some football scenes and, uh, you know, just hopefully made that look okay for the film and that was it. And then when we got there... Uh, Somebody from the production company uh, handed uh, myself and Johnny Walker's script, and they said to me, um, "Your character in the film is Doug Claw, and uh, tomorrow morning uh, you've got dialogue with Michael Caine." How nervous were you? Well, I said to them, "I said, listen, I think you, you've made a mistake. We're just here to do the football." And they said, "No, you, you've actually got a, you know a character and dialogue in the film, so." So that was that was um, a bit of a surprise to us, but you know, being yeah. 22 and you're a little bit fearless in those early um, the early days. Uh, Michael Kay made everybody feel very welcome, you know, and like said, Bobby Moore was there, Mike Sonobi, Pele, Ozzy Ardili, and all these people are fantastic people. Uh, sort of, you know, we, we had a great camaraderie there, you know. Like I said, Michael Kay made everybody feel. Very much at ease on set. He told a couple of cracking funny stories just to sort of break the ice with everybody. And and then it was a case of, right, let's just get on with it, you know. And John Houston, the director, was, you know, a, a wonderful man, a wonderful person, you know, very easy to talk to and um, you know, just a great fellow, really. Let's just remind ourselves of that pivotal halftime scene from Escape to Victory that Russell features in. Corby, you take the lead off and up the rear. Okay, get Lewis and Peters. Hold on. I don't want to go. Just, just shut up and get in there. We can beat them. Bring Peter over. Hatch, we've still got a chance. Chance, my ass. Come on, Lewis. Move. Yeah, but Hatch, don't you see? You guys bring or something, you have no chance. Don't you understand? No chance. Hey, get get Peter better, ready, Nick. Yeah, they're oh. lucky. That's come on. Them and the bloody red. I can't now. believe you guys. They're bunch of goddamn maniacs. Hey, come on. Let's go. Get the hell out of here. Come on. Hey, come on. I don't want to well, go for you, Let's not. go back. We can win this. Who said that? I did. It's not as though we're being slaughtered, Skipper. What do you mean we can win? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Corby, we're losing time. You mean, you mean you go back and play the second half? Well, I'll tell you what. Move. We only got a few minutes. Yes, but we can win this. Ah, you you can't win with me in the goal. Of course we can. He's not a bad goalie, is he? What the hell's the matter with you guys? You want to go back to prison? Come back. We need you. That's right. You guys do what you want, but I'm What we're doing is quitting. I ain't going back to prison. You've got to come back. If you don't. If you don't come back, we can't go. Hatch, if you go, we've all got to go with you. We can't go back without the goal. If you hatch. Hatch, please, Hatch. That game means a lot to us. You know that. We must go back. Please. Let's go. We can win. Come on. Hatch, if we run now, we lose more than a game. Please, Hatch. 
If you run now, we lose more than the game. Moving stuff there from Pele, talking to Sylvester Stallone after Russ Osman had encouraged Michael Caine that the Allies could win the game in the film Escape to Victory. I then asked Russell about Pele. Pele passed it. Could he still do it? Oh, crikey. No, he, he could still do it then. Yeah. We um, we used to play Piggy in the middle, like Rondos. You know, everybody, all the yeah. teams play now. And um, when we were hanging about in between takes or, or whatever, we'd be on the, on the pitch or on the... Um, you know, in the prison of war camp on the the old sand pitch there, whatever it was, dirt and everything. And we'd, we'd play uh, rondos with Casimir Dana, you know, Polish international, Paul yeah. Van Hintz, Belgium international, um, Alvar Torrenson, Norwegian international, Sean Lurvey, Danish international, Ozzy Ardeen is Argentinian, Mike Summerby, Bobby Moore, myself from England, Kevin O'Callaghan, Irish international, um, LA, and you did not want to go in the middle. Of course, you'd never get out, and they would take the piss out of you. Oh, sorry, they would take the Mickey out of you. Something wicked. I, I bet. And one of the and that would be in army boots. With of big course, old yeah. You weren't wearing like uh, Adidas World Cups, no. It was old. It was all the real. Oh gear. no. Yeah, no, it was big old clumpy boots and and everything. Yeah. And and because these days you could you could use special effects, but it, one of the goals. Pele scores from the film with the overhead kick, the slow motion. I'm guessing he actually did that in, in real time. Well, we did it in normal play to start off with, you know, and just said, right, you know, Bobby Moore just crossed the ball from the right, and and it was perfect for, for Pele to do his overhead kick, you know, and, you know, he did bottom left hand corner, and Lloyd Sybil, the Ipswich goalkeeper, made one of the best saves I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> And you thought, you know, great save, Lloyd, but you stupid bugger. <laughs> um, so they set us up again. Uh, the next one went over the crossbar. And then on the third take, it, it flew in the top corner. And that was it. Wow. Super. I'd like to thank Russell for taking a moment to speak to me. If you're on Twitter, you can find him on at RussellOz5. That's at RussellOS, the number five. Or you can check out his website on russellosman.co.uk. Thanks for listening. Bye.